Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's me, Zach Minnie from the Pinball Show and Straight Down the Middle. I have a very special episode for you guys today. I'm totally pumped. That's because I have some of my friends with me, not just any friends, friends that make pinball. How about that? Not just any pinball. They made one of the biggest, most dynamic, nostalgic themes in any pinball ever. It's just, it just came out, y'all. Just came out. It's Spooky Pinball. It's Scooby Doo. Where are you? It's our friends, Spooky Bug and Spooky Luke. What's going on, fellas? We're doing good. We're doing good. It's been a good day. <laughs> uh, it has been a good day. Now we are recording the day of. I don't know if the, this isn't uh, this isn't sales launch day. This is. I'm going to show the world what this game looks like. Day is that fair? Yeah, it's the the full reveal of the game day. <laughs> and how do you guys have energy to talk to me? Thank you, by the way, of even coming on here and uh, entertaining the audience. Thank you. We've been riding an adrenaline high for about, well, let's see, time like twelve hours straight now. <laughs> you got sick in Cincinnati. Yep. <laughs> right. What are they putting in the water, Cincinnati? Oh my! It was uh, that show was quite the experience. That'd be a fun story for this episode, even as like the show, the the story of how we went about that teaser trailer and everything that went oh. down in Pincinnati and, and working all that out because that that was a crazy experience. We'll we'll probably never have something quite like that again. Absolutely not. Uh, you guys were kind enough to let me in kind of on the behind the scenes on how you had to pull that all together. We are going to talk about that as well as everything else when it comes to Spooky's Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Is that the official title of the game, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? So yeah, it is Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? A lot of people are going to call it Scooby-Doo Pinball. Um, the game oh. is based on that original series, Scooby-Doo, oh, Where Are yes. You? So yeah, that's that's what we're rolling with for that. You mean to tell me you, uh, you got the original? The very first, the, the most nostalgic pieces uh, of many people's childhoods and adulthoods instead of the newer stuff, huh? So that was a converse, that was obviously one of the first conversations we had is like, okay, we know we're going to try and do Scooby-Doo here, but what version of Scooby-Doo are we going to do? Is it going to be the live action, the original, the modern series, uh, mm -hmm. the, the disco episodes from the 70s? Like, <laughs> what are we going to try and do here? And it honestly, it wasn't much of a conversation. We pretty much <laughs> unanimously agreed. Original series is the most nostalgic, everybody's favorite. Somehow, like from 1969 to when I was a little kid to when yeah. Luke was a little kid to when everybody was a little kid. I think everybody's favorites growing up was the original series. So it wasn't too much of a discussion to go with that. Absolutely. I can't believe you guys were able to get, this is a huge license. You were able to get it. What was it like? Talk about that timeline. Like when did you set out to get this? Was this something that came to you? Did you, did you go out to Hanna-Barbera and try to get it? I'm assuming Hanna-Barbera holds the, uh, the license rights to this. How did that all come about? Well, so it is Warner Brothers. Uh, I don't know when, but Warner Brothers did okay. 
purchase Hanna-Barbera, I believe. And um, at the time, we were still working closely with David Venice, and he had contacts through Warner Brothers, obviously. I mean, we've worked with mm-hmm. Warner Brothers before on the Jetsons. Um, Warner Brothers also purchased Adult Swim while we were in the middle of our build of Rick and oh. Morty. So the, the foot was in the door already. Yeah. It, it wasn't too complicated of a process to go there. And then it was just looking at IPs and, you know, we know what one stood out to us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, what's confusing to me is that it was still available. Like, that, yeah. Right? Why is there not a Scooby-Doo pinball by now? Like, I, I just... We should be on the Scooby-Doo remake part three by yeah. now. <laughs> like, okay. the fact that no one touched it yet, we were like, well, obviously that. <laughs> and And the third iteration would sell as well. Exactly. <laughs> it, would, yeah. it would sell as well. There's a rumor that somebody had a Obtained that license in the past, and either it lapsed. Uh, that's what I've heard on the on on the street. You know, hang around the mean streets. You know, I mean, we were involved in that, and I honestly don't even know what ended up happening with that. Mm. Um, there was some original plans to work with it, and I, I, and we kind of moved away from it and then totally forgot, and then mm-hmm. we came back and we we were like, we need to we need to lock up some licenses and get things rolling and just came back up and nobody had it. So we're like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Especially, uh, when I hear you guys have damn near all of the assets that you want from this IP, you get the, yeah, the I mean, original, a lot of the concerns, like people thought they were going to be short on, you know, clips or anything like that. Like these are what is already in the game is like some lengthy pieces. I mean, there's some really cool mode buildups. There's, there's original show stuff there, man. Oh, really? So we have original clips from the series that everyone loves. A ton of them. Wow. Like a ton. <laughs> wow. And uh, we'll get into the call-outs uh, as we talk about the specifics of this game. But what about uh, what about the – we got the visuals. What about the, like, the call-outs from the show? Do you get to use any of those, or is it just the custom call-outs from these voice actors? So licensing is really weird and complicated. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, what we actually went and did was we had to voice over the original series with the actors that we hired for the game. So with those clips, you will have matching speech to those clips from the the Shaggy. Like, so original Shaggy's Casey Kasem, we Mm -hmm. hire Matthew Lillard to do Shaggy. So when clips are playing, it'll be Matthew Lillard voicing Shaggy's clips from the original series so that all of that matches together. Wow, it actually sounds better that way. It sounds incredible. It, it makes the whole game very co- cohesive, and and we still get to use that iconic footage, the the things that everybody wants to see from the original series, while still using the the actors that we hired. And it, it's just it makes it all very cohesive, and it's very it's cohesive, very nice. Yes. Jumping ahead, we know that we get the famed and the iconic Frank Welker, who is yeah. one of the best animation voiceover actors of eternity of all time. He has played hundreds upon hundreds of different characters, most notably that of, of Fred from Scooby-Doo as well as Scooby-Doo in yeah. a lot of iterations. We get my favorite Matthew Lillard. Gosh, I love that <laughs> man. Uh, he's playing Shaggy. He played it on the, on the, on the live films as well as a lot of the animated uh, series. We get Gray Griffin who plays Daphne uh, did so on, on a lot of the animation stuff nowadays and Kate Micucci as well with Velma. Uh, I like Kate because she's a comedian and she, uh, uh, I just like her work. I didn't actually even know that Kate voiced Velma, uh, for some of the, for some of the most recent work on Scooby-Doo. So you got all of them. And like you said, and like you said, cohesively, 
Each of them legit plays those roles, but now we get this gang together and we dub over some of the original stuff that we're used to as well as some custom callouts in the game. This is going to be one hell of a time. If we're talking about Warner Brothers uh, or Hanna-Barbera, whatever we want to talk about, Warner Brothers, what were their goals for this project? What, did they Were they entertained by the idea of a pinball gaming product? Uh, this is something they're familiar with as they've done video games uh, for decades, but what were their goals for this project? Did they have any restrictions where they're like, absolutely no, or were they excited about it? Or were they just like, okay, you guys want to license our product? Cool. Here's the guidelines. Yeah. So it's, it's always a fun experience uh, working with licensors on pinball because there is hands down no other industry that uses assets like pinball does. It is the most yeah. unique industry in the entire world, probably when it comes to licensing IPs and using them for anything. Cause so you're just, you're asking and using so much different things. And we were very, very fortunate that they kind of let us run with a oh, lot of great. what we wanted to do on this game. We had an absolutely wonderful rep who he, he walked us yes. through he, he's the best <laughs> he he walked us through everything and like he's he's very good at explaining here's what you can do here's what you can't do we would explain how we were planning on using things everything we turned in he was always like oh my god this is this is awesome guys like this is so cool and you, you could tell the excitement that he had for it as well as he would pass it off to his, his co-workers and, and the rest of the giant chain mm -hmm. <laughs> that is warner brothers approvals but um he, he was absolutely terrific to work with and and this this whole project was just very a very pleasant experience for us, which you know it's very intimidating going into a company the size of Warner Brothers to work with because you don't know what you're going to get. And at the end of the day, they are so massive; they are going to get what they want to get. So we had a wonderful experience, and I, I can't thank our representative enough that we worked with for it. And, and yeah, it's when you when you can just do what you want to do on a game. It, it shows like Hell yeah. this game is what we wanted it to look like. The characters are what we wanted them to be. Every single actor in the game is exactly who we specifically wanted for the game. It is like the best lineup we could have gotten in our opinion. And, and just everything about the direction of the game is exactly what we wanted. It is the, one of the most true to designer image games probably out there. Wow, y'all are pumping me up. Yeah, yeah, calm down here. Gotta calm down. I'm just sweating in front of the audience. Here. Okay. Can you tell us, Bug and Luke, what, what's the premise of this game? What do we have? Is this, am I playing through the original series or did you create a new world of adventures? What the storyline, player perspective? Talk about the arc of this game. What am I doing? Mm -hmm. It's pretty straightforward as far as the Scooby-Doo game goes. You start the game. You're going to select which member of the gang you feel like playing as. Oh, and then neat. you're you're going and you're solving mysteries. So we picked we handpicked a whole bunch of the favorite episodes from that original series. Uh, Captain Cutler, Minor 49er, Space Coop, yeah. my personal favorite, Charlie the Robot. And oh, what you're yeah. doing is you're playing around and you're solving those mysteries you're finding clues you're collecting scooby snacks you're you're loading up the mystery machine mech for multi-balls and you're, you're doing all of the things in a scooby-doo game that you will want to do <laughs> Ooh, I, li I like that what about um you said i get to 
pick one of the five characters that I want to be? Yeah. Yep. Every game. So it's also a five-player game. So if you and four yeah, of your what friends... what is that? A five-player <laughs> game? <laughs> it's, it's, it's so random, we know. But <laughs> if you and like four of your friends want to play, you each get to pick a member of the gang. Um, it, it comes with different perks and meanings, picking which character you do pick, because obviously each of them are good at specific things. So I yeah, like and then... Yeah, it's a five-player game because there's five members of the gang. We don't want anybody to be left out. Like it's a five-player game because we can make it five players if we want yeah, there, to. There's nothing holding you back. You can just do that's, that. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, so they have different perks. Is the player going to learn these perks as they as they play this game? Or maybe could you give us a little hint as maybe a little nugget on one or two of the characters? So yeah, for example, if you select Fred, Fred is obviously very good at making traps, coming up mm-hmm. with plans. So you will have perks that come along with those aspects of the game. And we're doing our very best to make sure every single character plays like their character. We want Scooby to be more scared, like when you're playing as Scooby yeah. and, and things like that. Velma should be better at finding clues because she's, she's jinky. Yeah. It's yep, all about exactly. clues. <laughs> Oh, that's really cool. Okay, we won't give away too much there. you got to play it, guys. Oh, all right. Now, let's consider how iconic, how nostalgic, how beloved Scooby... I don't want to make you all nervous, but uh, Scooby-Doo and the gang are cross-generations. They go across generations. The, do, did you feel a sense of responsibility, maybe pride, anxiety, uh, bringing this cartoon behemoth to the world of pinball? Can you talk a little bit about the mixed feelings you probably had during this project. This needs to be the game that we knock out of the park. Like we all loved it. We were all watching it when we were kids. We're like, we need to get together on this, pour everything in it and just absolutely knock it out of the park. And I think that people are going to feel like we did that. The pressure was a hundred percent there. I mean, (laughs) we, we, we knew what we were working with and it's like, you can't let everybody down. It's, it's so popular and beloved you don't want to mess up something that everybody has so much passion for that they they grew up with like you don't want to mess with nostalgia that's a strong emotion (laughs) and it's hard to create that coherent nostalgia in a product such as pinball there's so many and you guys have heard probably even talk about it before so many check boxes that you can swing and miss on and they're so huge each of these different categorizations and whenever you guys launch this this sizzle reel the photos the details of this. Everybody, in my opinion, was left with their mouth wide open because the art is just phenomenal. The sculpts, the toys, the mechs, the layout. This thing is jam-packed, loaded. And then on top of that, you sprinkle in all of the audio, video assets. You gave us a topper for the CE model. (laughs) It all looks like it checks out. When I look at this game and when thousands of other people look at this game, guys, they're, they're thinking, ooh, what does that do? Oh, wow, I've not seen that before. Look at all these wireforms. Look at the colors. This is Scooby-Doo. They just created a physical representation of Scooby-Doo that I get to interact with and play on location or at home for years to come. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be very thankful that you've brought their childhood into uh, physical form here. Any interesting, any funny stories working with the, either IP holders or the team? Any uh, Anything that went on that, you weren't expecting or anything like that during this project. Uh, so F- Frank Welker was like the most intimidating to approach because yeah. he is without a doubt, like the, the biggest 
voice acting name we've ever worked with, probably ever could work with. He's a voice <laughs> he, god. Yep. Yeah, literally. Like the every single person Carrie Hardy said a great thing in one of his videos. He's like, mm -hmm. every single person here has heard Frank Welker in something, whether they know it or not. And that's probably statistically accurate. Yes, and, and he's still um, and he's still got it. Yeah, he <laughs> he's also it. yeah, he's just this insane professional and I, I was very intimidated going into that recording session with him like uh, this is this is a big one like don't mess this up don't be an <laughs> idiot he was the goofiest most fun guy oh, really i think i'll probably ever get to work with he oh, just he breaks off into scooby's voice randomly for fun and just starts talking about things he would break away from his lines and start improving and making oh. jokes at me because i was I was like sick at the time and I, I needed soup or something. And he would start like making <laughs> jokes about that in Scooby's voice. He's like, Ooh, bug, I'm going to get <laughs> and things like that. Or it just change up his lines and start going back and forth between Fred and Scooby. Cause he does both. Oh. And it, it was just the most surreal, weird experience. Like, Oh my God, I'm sitting here, like listening and talking to the real Scooby Doo. You're talking like, to Scooby Doo. The Scooby Doo. And, and just... Inspector Gadget. He did Inspector Gadget. You guys are too young. I grew up on Inspector Gadget, that cartoon. Oh, I loved it. The the Ock Ock and Mars Attacks. He's he's the Martian in Mars Attacks. I didn't know that. All... Okay. Yeah. He's he's ah, the ah. Lion Roar yeah. in the Lion King. Like <laughs> just what? the most exactly. Like you don't even know where all you've heard Frank Welker. You've heard him. <laughs> in just the most wow. random of places. But it, it was just a crazy experience. And and that goes for each of them though. Like as soon as each character turned it on, it was like, Oh wow, that's Shaggy. Like I am I am listening to the Shaggy do call outs that we wrote <laughs> yeah and matthew lillard did the live representation so he probably went into like a a physical demeanor and facial demeanor while doing said voices too yeah he did he definitely did <laughs> he mm -hmm. can't just like sit there and go okay shoot the left ground for this he, he has to get into it he's like zoinks like scoop and then he gets oh, to that great. line like he has to like physically lead into it it was it was so cool was it was there any call outs that when you were directing them to do some of the speech stuff guys Anything where they were like, what the hell am I saying? Like, what does that even mean? It's like a pinball term or something where they're like, yeah. what do you want me to say? Yeah, there was uh, each of them kind of questioned Lion Man. They're like, what? Oh, of course, <laughs> you have to throw that in there. Yes. Yeah, but, but we got each of the characters saying Lion Man. <laughs> and oh, a couple great. of them did stop and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> You're like, what it's fine. Lion Just go Man? with it. <laughs> I still remember my Rick and Morty machine saying Lion Man or whatever. I yeah. And Matthew Lillard, I, I snuck a couple lines from Scream in there because I'm an absolutely oh, massive Scream fan. You son of a bitch. And, Did you and really? He, he picked up on it right away. He was like, oh, this is from Scream. Okay, I get it. <laughs> like, <Wow. laughs> but are, is, so there's some nuggets in there, huh? Oh, the, tons. Yes. Okay. We. We we checked the total number of recorded callouts and it was over four thousand. That's insane. It, it was the stupidest <laughs> long script that we'll probably ever write for a pinball machine. It was crazy the length of the script. At the end of each session, each voice actor was just thoroughly angry at you, but you were like, "We got what we needed." Hopefully, we don't do scream now because Lillard's gonna be pissed at us. <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking of nuggets, you guys. Uh... You guys have been hinting at this, whether you mean to or not, but over the last couple of years, um, I've seen 
I've seen dogs at shows that look like <laughs> Scooby. I've seen blankets with Scooby-Doo. Hell, uh, Bug, I've seen you wearing a Scooby-Doo shirt during reveals. Yep. Is, yep. is this something that you guys uh, have done just to have fun with one another? Is a wink-wink? Or is it something like, hey, once you guys see our new game, if you connect the dots like Scooby and his gang here, uh, we've been leaving some little clues here and there. It's, uh, I mean, we grew up in a generation of memes, and it's just, Dank it just feels appropriate to, to kind of tease like that a little bit and whatnot. But no, it is also super cool when people go back and post like, oh, they were wearing a Scooby-Doo shirt like a year ago. So they like knew this long and then blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's really cool to, to do that and, and to see people find hints like mm-hmm. they had a, a Scooby-Doo blanket in Texas and. 2018 like mm-hmm. how long have they been sitting on this or things like that now the big question is have we have we hinted at any other time? Yeah, i was gonna say what shirts do ah. i wear conventions love <laughs> yeah everybody's gonna come up to you now every time you're wearing a shirt they don't like but no don't do that no. one don't do that <laughs> one yeah that's right all right i gotta ask you guys before we get into the meat and potatoes of this game if you had to pick a favorite character from the gang you had to pick a favorite character and a favorite villain each of you, well, what, uh, who would you pick? I am pretty particular to, to Shaggy. I don't know. Oh, it's really? really hard to pick a favorite. Maybe Do you identify with Shaggy or I, a little bit. I got the, the chin fuzz yes, and I got a, the long neck kind of scrawny. You're skinny. Not yeah. a lot. How much <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you drive a mystery machine van. I mean, okay. I, I don't think I had a favorite one going in, but after doing this game and everything like that, I think that Fred was definitely, definitely my favorite through Frank. I mean, Frank was awesome. And uh, yeah, I think he's, is, is Fred kind of the leader? He feels like the leader of the group. Yeah, Fred's definitely the leader. And he's, I think he's low key also the funniest in the group. Oh. He's become the funniest in the group. Like if you watch some of the newer seasons and whatnot, because just because the game Scooby Doo, where are you? We still researched like a lot more than that. And uh, in the newer shows, Fred is really funny. I can relate to that. I do a podcast and I'm the low hanging funny fruit that is Scooby Doo and Shaggy, but it's my co host, Dennis Creasel, is very Fred like, a snarky Fred. So yeah, I can. I can understand that. What about your favorite villains? Mine's always been Charlie the Robot. Well, is, that, was... is that like an Ultraman thing? Like, what is, what is Charlie <laughs> the Robot? I'm surprised that's your favorite. So, I, there's just something about the sound design of his character that when mm. I was a kid, he was scary, but not like so scary I couldn't watch or anything. Because, I mean, like, Scooby Doo is obviously very kid friendly. But, yeah. but uh, I always just found the way he walked. And the way he sounded, the, the, the beep, 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 everything yep, about him yeah. was very memorable and, mm-hmm. and kind of creepy. And also, he's the only villain in the show. There's no unmasking. He was just out there and actually a scary ass <laughs> robot. He's <laughs> just legit. You didn't know that. Yeah. No, like there's no one like he's just a robot. There's no unmasking. There's no guy under the Charlie mask or anything like that. He's a robot. And that's that's incredible. That's pretty unique to me. So Charlie the robot's always been my favorite villain. Oh, I like that. What about you, Luke? I think Snow Ghost. Snow Ghost has always Ooh. been a fun one for me, man. That's just, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a, I'm a little Christmas guy from start to finish <laughs> anyway. So Spooky I know Luke-y. it's like the holidays, you know, snow outside, fireplace, Aww. like you can't go wrong. 
Snow Ghost Man. episode is just so beautiful. Drinking some hot cocoa designing Scooby-Doo. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's kind of about how we started, <laughs> honestly. This game started in a winter. So. Yeah. yeah, we literally just, God, what was that, about three three months before we launched Halloween Ultraman, we started it? Yeah, I was going to say, how long have you guys been working on this thing? Quite a while. Quite some time now. I, um, I rem- I'll never forget the night that we started it. It was a very cold winter night, and we just... Luke and I went into the office. We laid down this big slab of play field because we decided it was wide body. I don't know how we came to that conclusion other than we were just like, we plan on putting as much in it as possible. So let's just do wide body. (laughs) Okay. So conceptually that started day one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But so this is actually something interesting about it. So this is, and this is a big, I think, concern for a lot of people because a lot of people are like, oh, floaty, wide body, everything like that, you know? No, nobody's ever said that, Luke, I promise. <laughs> so no. from the start, something that I want to do that was like really unique is like I wanted to take just our typical standard body layout, set it in the center of the wide body, mm-hmm. make a fast shooting standard with game for the most part, but then have that extra room on the sides for things like the bravery meter and the mechs and everything. And if you look at the mm. pictures of the game, you'll see a lot of the stuff does run over the sides, but at the core of it is a standard body fast shooting almost i guess the base is almost a fan style layout i guess that used to be yeah. kind of an insult but <laughs> it's kind of a compliment these days i don't know it just depends on the fad yeah but that you you sneaky little devil i'm looking at the overhead right now and you are right yeah, yeah it, it, it's going to shoot more part, like a standard isn't it but you've got the room for the wide body features you're shooting mm-hmm. standard shots but you have the space to expand them out into wide body territory which makes for a oh. very fast playing wide body I really like that. So day one, it started as a wide body. Yeah, and I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised how how it plays. I really do. I'm the only thing that I'm a little crusty about at this point in the interview, gentlemen, is that uh, I asked for your favorite characters, and not a damn one of you said Scrappy Do. Shame on you. <laughs> are you a Scrappy fan? Let oh, me at him. Yes. Oh, you know what? This is great. I'm that guy. <laughs> I'll take there Jar Jar Binks. I'll take Scrappy Do. <laughs> yeah. It, it's yeah. There's five of us. Uh, <laughs> I don't I, mind it him. It, we're up to five now. It yeah. is it is you two, Matt from Back Alley, who yep. did all the sculpts, yep. and yes. one random guy on Pinside. <laughs> I knew Reiser was a, he was a smart guy. Very good, <laughs> very good. So, it, needless to say, is is <laughs> I can't even believe I'm asking this question. Is Scrappy do in the game at all? No, no, he's not. Oh it is God. the game. I can is hear based people on... cheering from outside. Yeah, <laughs> the game Scooby Doo. Where are you? Scrappy Doo didn't show up in that show, so that's true. No, he's not in the game, and uh, no. I don't know if that's going to disappoint or <laughs> five <laughs> or people. What? Because there's some people who wanted just a bash toy. <laughs> oh, now that's, that's just wrong. <laughs> some people just actually really wanted him in the game. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm going to Pinside right now. I'm boycotting this product. Let's see. No, scra- no scrappy do, no deposit. <laughs> uh, it's okay. I'm wearing my cargo shorts, so I'm set. All right. We've got uh, three trim levels of this game. You guys are offering the standard, the Bloodsuckers Edition, and the Collector's Edition. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Now, listeners, you guys have to mark your calendar December 9th, 10 a.m., Central time, these will be going on sale. You're limiting this game to 1,969 units total. That's so damn clever. 
Um, it's just my debit card pin number, but that's right. No, <laughs> no it's it's the the year that the show came out, and it just it somehow also checked exactly where we would want to have our numbers at. Halloween Ultraman was seventeen fifty. We didn't want to vastly overreach that, sure. but we also knew we could definitely do more. So mm -hmm. we thought 1969 really just was the sweet spot. Um, seems like quite a few people agree. So I, I think I think we found it there. My dad keeps saying, "Nah, five thousand units." But oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, if you're if you're going to put in the hours hammering it all together, Charlie. Well, he, exactly. He's not going to put it. He's, he doesn't have to build it. <laughs> That's right. Pricing is not a really interesting area of pinball right now. We have seen a big, big growth in pinball over the last five, ten years, so much so that the price continues to go up on a lot of products significantly, significantly. Pricing on your products, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You Pinball, is a relief to a lot of people. You guys had said, look, gang, we are going to come out with this game. The top-of-the-line model, the CE, is going to be under $10,000. You have competitors out there that are creating pinball machines where their top model is one, two, three, four, five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars more than your top model. Your collector's edition, the top model of this game, is coming in at ninety-seven sixty-nine. Your mid-level game, Bloodsuckers Edition, eighty-seven sixty-nine, and the standard edition, seventy-seven sixty-nine. And regardless of the model, you're getting the complete game in each one of them. All of these are subject to shipping costs and uh, taxes as well. But that is pretty substantial. How did you keep costs down, but essentially having a, a wide body, a bigger game, more stuff in it, bigger license? How in the hell did you do that? I guess it's like a two-part thing, right? So like when we set out, we set out, we're like, we're going to pack this thing. And we're going to find ways to get the costs where they need to be. We're going to be as efficient as possible. And I mean, through, obviously, I've seen, what, 10, 11 pinwall machines now and everything. Like, I can see, I I see where the bill of materials goes wrong. I see the pain points, everything like that. So, like, we tried sure. to focus on the things that are, like, best bang for your buck things. The, the biggest features we could put in the game while also keeping the cost low and everything like that. And that was an ongoing thing. I mean, it just, you had to focus on it all the way through, start to finish, and I, I think obviously now you can see that. Um, and I think people were pretty happy with what yeah, they saw absolutely. when they saw it. But also just wanting to really invest in the quality of the game this time. Like, I, I, I mean, you can see from the voice talent to the sculpts. I mean, this was so that, I guess that's a big point. Like, these are going to be all injection molded sculpts. These are going to be all. This is the first time we, we went. We literally spent six figures on ejection molding tooling wow. um we did everything we could right we really there's wanted no these flat to be plastics like there's 16 custom molded sculpts everything looks custom molded there's wire forms everywhere there's mechanisms there's servos there's diverters there's spinners there's magnets we're going to get into all of it but yeah you guys have loaded this thing down and you could have then said hey look y'all the game is loaded so it don't need a license. You're like, no, no. It needs one of the greatest licenses ever to come to pinball. Well, at least we can have sound-alike voice actors. Well, no, no. We're, we're actually going to have the people that played those characters. Okay, at least you, video assets, you don't even put an LCD in this, right? No, no, actually, we, uh, we, we've done that as well. And you know what? We put five players in it. 
So how about that? <laughs> exactly five. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, for those who are wanting the butter cabinet, you also have an option, uh, basically the option of a butter cabinet uh, for any of the additions. This is coming in at a $1,400 option. And what I wanted to do, can you guys explain to people, I've had to answer this question many times today. Uh, it's a good question. What in the hell is a butter cabinet? So it's, well, I guess it's basically the same thing as a play field, right? I mean, it's done. We direct mm. print on it. We clear coat it. This is just as high a quality as the play field in your game. I mean, it, it's, uh, wow, I guess, wow, the same wow. automotive clear coat and wax your car. You know what I mean? Um, so instead of getting just a printed decal put on the side of a cabinet, it is directly printed onto wood mm -hmm. and yep. then it is clear coated over the top of that. And in person, it's it's simply stunning. That's why all of my spooky games have it. Um, <laughs> but it is pricey. It is very custom. And I, I'm going to tell you. I don't. I'm going to tell you, listeners here. If you ding this thing up, it's not the easiest to fix it. So keep that in mind. But if you want the prettiest, prettiest version of this and the prettiest way to make this just pop, oh boy. Butter cab's where it's at. So for you listeners, that's what the butter cabinet option is. You can have that on your standard bloodsuckers or collectors. And you guys do those in batches, separate batches, right? Yeah, on ongoing order that we never <laughs> sure. stop ordering. I, I beg, plead <laughs> the supplier. I mean, it's just anything I can do. Well, it's probably a lot of work, too. Oh, so much. Yes. So much. A lot of extra work to the game, but... Man, it looks good. Oh, <laughs> and it's so we're the good. only company in the entire market that offers it too. So it's not like it's going anywhere. We want to make sure that we always have that option for people out there. So that's fantastic. You guys have always been a, a family run operation. You've always been very open to the community. That's why the enthusiasts and fellow gamers love you guys so much. Can we talk about production planning timeline? You can't show me these pictures and and not tell me when <laughs> I want this game in my collection. When can I play this game? So we're going to be looking at it, it. Honestly, we're just trying to do everything pretty much the same as we, we've been do doing in recent years. Okay. Um, we'll pro I'll, I usually always try to hold the first 30. We're working on a batch of 30. Mm -hmm. I'll probably hold those for kind of a, a little extra period so maybe like six weeks or something like that. I think we're mm -hmm. looking at probably shipping out that first batch of 30 Maybe like end of January, right around okay. there, mid, mid to late January. That's going to come I out like quick. To, I just like to spend some time just going through them, making sure there's anything I can catch before they go out. So It's Absolutely. a wild, wild feeling send, sending your game out there for the first time. Like the first time you slap that inspection sticker down yeah. and you know it's getting boxed up and sent out. It's like, well, can we just hold on to it for another month and like make sure yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a crazy <laughs> feeling. But, but we know people don't want to wait forever either. So... When you guys were able to ramp up when you were creating Halloween Ultraman, uh, it's, it seemed like there was just a little bit of wait, and then, boy, you guys were off to the races. How far in production are you on previous products you're making? Are you going to run this concurrently with uh, the additional products you're making? I was actually, while well, I was walking around today, making a big <laughs> list, demanding a bunch of things, like the big mean guy that I am. <laughs> I uh, No, we'll be wrapping up. So I want everything completely TNA, Halloween, Ultraman-wise, which there's scattered mix of kind of everything out there right yeah. now, just like uh, odds and ends and everything. But uh, all those are going to be completely cleaned off by the time we go on Christmas break, which we do a Christmas break every year. We just sure. we pay all the employees to be off for the week of Christmas and New Year's and just let them go home, spend the holidays with their family, you know, reset, just have a good 
time to themselves to relax and everything like that. So we're going to, we're going to clean all that stuff off the line and we're going to organize the whole shop top to bottom and we're going to come back and yeah, we'll be slamming on Scooby-Doo's. We all know that that, I think that was cute. The whole, we let the employees off spooky Luke. We know (laughs) that you are binging your ass on that Hallmark uh, Christmas movie channel (laughs) with Kleenexes in hand, watching the deers out your window. I have seen, dude, I, my, my mom, my mom loves the Hallmark. So I have probably yes. seen a thousand hours of Hallmark movies. I mean, so many. No shame in that. No shame it's, in that at all. Uh, my favorite holiday movie is uh, Chevy Chase and the Christmas Vacation. So uh, uh, you're going to, you're going to find an audience there with me. Oh, I love I mean, it. I know it by heart. So production I'm trying to is convince gonna, everyone. I, I want everyone to want a Christmas pinball, man. I, right. I, that's that's the I'm one. Telling you. I, I, I'm, I'm trying. You. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. I'm trying. All right. So you guys are going to, just like your other releases, slowly get out the first bundle, mm-hmm. uh, slowly increase, and then you'll be hitting the ground running, feeling good with everything. Do you anticipate the entire allotment of 1969 units to be completed like your other previous products in 18 months? Yep. Again, it's the same exact thing. We're going to say 18 months max from launch, but we're also going to try to air that as close. We're going to try to get closer to 12 if we can. Where will it land? Probably somewhere around 15, 16, 17, like it usually does. And and I think another point to make too, because I know like beginning of Halloween Ultraman, a lot of people were like, there's no way they're building these things in 18 months, zero chance, anything like that. And then when we started, we were just getting out, you know, maybe... Uh, 10 15 games a week and people mm-hmm. were like spooky's gonna be working on this till 2027 <laughs> you know i remember yeah because it's easy to just say oh pinball production is like this many games a week right they're doing 30 games a week and that's the way it is all it's not it's not like that it starts at 10 and then it goes up to 20 and then 30 and then 40 you know what i mean it it's an ongoing ramp up throughout the build and as everyone gets better and is able to do their job more efficiently it just it comes together and we were yeah. cruising at some insane numbers for us during that Halloween production where yeah. we, we at one point, we were hitting 40 a week consistently for wow. a while there. For a couple wow. of few months. Yeah, for a while there. And um, it, it can't immediately start at 40 a week. I, I try to, but it can't <laughs> immediately start at that. But Well, it's probably best that you don't start at that either. Well, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, and we know now what we are capable of. And 1750 in that time allotment. Is yeah, it's doable. We've done it, and 1969 isn't too much more. So, nope, it's going to be really comfortable. All right, guys, December 9th at 10 a.m. Central. How do these individuals listening? How do they purchase one of these games? You can buy directly through our website. Uh, if you are buying on the the day of announcement, you do have to be a fan club member. So yep. make sure you sign up for your spooky fan club beforehand. Otherwise, you can purchase through one of our many authorized dealers. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm going to list those out for you guys right now, including for the United States, Pinball Star Amusements, Nitro Pinball, Kingpin Games, Rob Anthony, Classic Game Rooms. For the Canadian market, Nitro Pinball. For the European market, RS Pinball. And in the UK, Pinball Heaven. And Lou Bug. (laughs) Guess what? What, Zach? I'm a dealer! (laughs) Flipping out pinball! I'm announcing it here. Hopefully you guys are okay with that. Flipping Out Pinball is now an authorized (laughs) dealer of all things Spooky Pinball, and I couldn't be more happy. Oh, the time has come. I've earned my keep. We'll see. 
See if I've earned my keep. Order directly through SpookyPinball.com through their shop. Make sure you're a fan club member, or you can order through an authorized dealer. Bugs said it himself. If you're going direct on the website, you got to be a fan club member to to order in this in this first run of December 9th at 10 a.m. Central. Same goes with dealership. If you if you go through a dealer, you're still going to have to get that fan club membership and give verification to your dealer if you're ordering through them. Uh, show them verification that you have in fact signed up. I think you guys give uh, a two week head start to the fan club members to order, right? Yep. Awesome. All right, I'm going to dig into this game. All right, the standard edition, the Bloodsuckers edition, the collector's edition. Is this like the first time? I don't remember a time that you guys had different art packages on a different different models of the game. The collector's edition has this thematic artwork of the whole gang and the villains, whereas the uh, the Bloodsuckers and the standard has this very iconic, it, it's, the, it's the mystery machine. Yes. Is this a, when's the last time you've done this? The last time we had different art, it was only the back glass and the first 50 Rob Zombie customers got the uh, LE edition back glass because okay. it was our way of like thanking. And it was also the first 50 customers there were all AMH customers. And it oh, was our yeah. way of thanking them was like, you get a special back glass and you get the first shot at the next game. But this is our first time doing a, a different cabinet art package. Ever. We've never done different cabinet before. And we had some beef. Wow. Yeah. In-shop beef. Some in-shop beef. Ooh, about tell me about it. I want to hear <laughs> the dairy. Uh, various members of the team were like, well, I think the mystery machine cabinet's better. And various Ooh. members of us who are correct think that the, <laughs> the custom art package is way better. <laughs> it was, it was DJ, wasn't members it? Of the team. it? was it. It was it. Okay. So, yeah, we get the mystery. I Look. The mystery machine looks so good on that game. It looks like it belongs. It's a, it's yeah. so iconic, but you can really see the work of those artists in that CE. I, I've got to go with you guys. That CE that that beats everything to me, and I don't know how it beats the mystery machine, but it really does. Well, and the mystery machines in a lot of places in this game. You're not you're sure. not missing out on your mystery machine. <laughs> that is true. The Bloodsuckers edition has metallic powder coat. And the uh, the collector's edition has this vibrant green metallic powder coat. Even the, yep. the ramps are green. It's got different colored wire forms on the collector's edition. And don't worry, the Bloodsuckers edition has that metallic some metallic powder coating on that wire form of uh, those wire forms uh, as well. I, I I can't think of a time that all these different colored wire forms. Like if you told me that verbally, I'd say. Oh, that's not going to look good. But then it absolutely is perfect for this uh, collector's edition game. One of the <laughs> the interesting things about Scooby-Doo as a whole is it's actually a really dark show, but everything that's important is really colorful and pops out. Oh, Having kind of that darker background behind the wire forms sometimes, like if you, you hide some mysterious rocks and sculpts mm-hmm. like that, but then on top of it, you have really colorful wire forms, they're going to pop twice as much. And then each of the wire forms, we're like, well, we have five of them. There's five members of the gang. It makes perfect yeah. sense to just do one color for each member of the gang. Oh, so that's what it is. So it was like brown, the, the brownish is Scooby probably. Yep. Fred's got the Aska, I mean, blue. He's got the blue. Yep. Um, Shaggy's probably green because of his shirt. Um, Velma, I'm going to go with Velma is the fuchsia-ish one. Is it fuchsia or? Orange. We speak in simple color terms, but. (laughs) Orange. And then then Daphne is probably like the purple. Yep. Something super important to note, actually, though, Hmm. is on the Bloodsucker edition. 
The mm-hmm. wire forms will be, and a lot of people that have got one are familiar with this. It's like a black sparkle type powder coat. Yeah. So on the Bloodsucker, all those wire forms will be that black sparkle, the same as like the armor is on the outside. That's a super sharp look too. Super sharp. What about the standards? Uh, like a, a matte black, gloss yep, black? Yep, that's exactly. It'll be that flat black color. Very nice. It, all these models are beautiful. Now the collector's edition has those sculpts we were talking about, the 16 custom molded sculpts as well as a topper. Spooky Pinball is so kind. They're like, look, we'll, we'll just include the topper with the model. You don't have to buy as an accessory. It's just boom. There it is. And this isn't, this isn't no, just a regular top. This is a beautiful RGB controlled interactive type of topper, isn't it? Yeah. Matt Frank actually did the art for that. Oh, yep. That's killer. There is some original stuff sneaking around there, but yeah, a lot of it is custom. That is a selling point. Very, very cool. Let's go through who's working on this game. We know the whole team is working on it, but just the limited amount that uh, that I can spew out here are the following: designed by you two, Spooky Luki, sorry, sorry, Luke, and uh, and the bug Corwin. So you two are the the masterminds behind the design here. Yeah, it was um it was a conversation we had to have because we were trying to get away from putting names on cards on Halloween and Ultraman. <laughs> it it was this I thing remember. that we we just. Nobody wants to sit in a room and go like, oh, well, I did this and I did this and da, da, da. But it was, so we just kind of wanted to make it more of a, a labeled team effort on that. And then on this one, we were like, you know what, that, that didn't really catch on. <laughs> yeah, you so tried to be nice. We're, yeah. we're going to put the names down on who did what, and we're just going to, I'll be cool about it. And everybody was, of course. I mean, everybody knows what they did. Everybody's totally mm-hmm. cool with it. So, but uh, yeah. Luke and I started designing this game and laying out on that that wide body. I think it was just two Christmases ago now or so. Yeah, because it was two Christmases ago we started it. And yep. then last Christmas is when we had the Whitewood first, yeah. wired up ready for code. Yep, because we mm. had the Halloween launch and whatnot mixed in with that. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's been crazy. <laughs> R.I.P. Chorus. R.I.P. Yep, sorry, Chorus Barloff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I like that. You know what? It shows maturity. You guys stand up. You're, you're proud of what you uh, what you've accomplished, and you're proud of your skills. You're growing very quickly. You guys are not just designers, but you guys are leading this company in so many respects in so many ways. All right, rules rules by Luke Peters. Hello, yeah. how long has is Luke uh, a newcomer? Yeah, he's uh, he's approaching his first full year with the yeah. company now. I would say. Okay, Luke Peters. A he's a longtime company friend. Um, at most of the streams, if you go back and look at our reveal streams, he's he's hidden in the background somewhere there playing at points. And he's always been around. He's always been a super cool guy. Um, I used to hang out with him and do tournaments with him and whatnot oh, cool. quite a while ago. And he always talks to me about like the rules of games and rules of games and whatnot. And he, he lives in Platteville, 20 minutes from our shop. So oh, he's right there. we needed the extra hands on the line for quality control and clearing games and also with just overall game development because luke and i spooky luke and i here have pretty weird eclectic tastes sometimes and sometimes we need somebody to <laughs> reel that back into a, a oh, reasonable level and um and uh we, we hired on luke peters and and he's been absolutely terrific he we took on the role for rules of the game he helps me with the the quality control on the line and just over he he oversees the project with us and he he does a fantastic job he's been absolutely great to include in and i I really hope that people pick up his his absolutely stellar job he did on the rules of this game oh sweet sweet yeah because whenever people whenever you go to design or rules or something major like that they see new names and they're like oh wait wait a minute now did i 
was it Luke that I met at uh, last year's Pensanetti? Nope, nope. That so that was that was Spooky DJ who's behind the code. Yes. I knew that I was talking to him about him. This is behind the scenes. It wasn't public or anything, but he was talking about, you know, working with code. So he's going to be doing some of, uh, some of the, the coding, the majority of coding here on, on, uh, on Scooby-Doo. Not some of it. He's doing yeah, he's all doing of all it. it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> okay. Yes. Now, how long has DJ been with you guys? He moved to Benton, Wisconsin to be our programmer from Pennsylvania. Oh, uh, just a handful of months before Halloween launched, I want to say. Yeah, about so That's yeah, about, two about two years now. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. So Luke, we got DJ, the big crew here. And it sounds like when it comes to rules, is it safe to say that it's not just Luke imparting these rules? Everybody's got ideas. It's just yeah. how Luke can implement them, how DJ can kind of code them. It's a, it's exactly. a pretty big group effort, right? So, and that's the th- the part of the reason we did the chorus bar off thing in the last one is sure, th- sure. just because it says game design or rules or software, everybody's chipping in. It, it is very much designed in a group and, and putting labels on it, on everybody specifically, it, it gets a little weird because everybody does do so much. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we hear that from the uh, other industry folks as well. They're like, it's not really just one person. There's not one person can do all of this stuff. The, the complexity of these, this is the most complex toy in existence. No, exactly. it's not just one person. Uh, but I like the, I like the turnout of this group thus far, including not just one fantastic artist, but you're like, nah, let's double down and go for two. You got Matt Frank and Jeff Zornow, and both of them have done spectacular work for you guys in the past. How in the hell do you get them to work together? What does that even look like? <laughs> Pretty easy. They they know each other um, from... We've met both of those artists through G-Fest, oh. from Godzilla conventions. They're both comic book artists who have worked on that Godzilla is. comic books and Ultraman comic books. So they know each other. They they get along fine, and it's very easy to work with both of them. Something I wanted to point out, uh, um, it says animations, and the name is Brad Duke. Uh, he's on the animations list because he did all the artwork for the animations, but you're, you're oh. going to be seeing quite a bit of artwork in this game also from Brad Duke, who is a new hire from us. Uh, oh, we cool. actually picked him up from Deep Root, of all places. Interesting. I think people should keep a very close eye out for more things with Brad Duke's name on it because oh. the guy is crazy talented. Okay. I mean, oh, uh, this yeah. dream team well, of yeah. artists. I mean, well, it, you can see it, you know? But the yes, other two, yeah. we've, we've seen the work of the other two. They're tried and true. So Brad Duke here uh, is, a, is an up-and-coming little dark horse there. I like it. What about a little Bill Rude action? What we got on Bill Rude? Yeah, Bill Rude's a, a longtime company friend, actually. We, we met him... And uh, we were at Ace Gogi in California. It was the first time I met him. And, and he introduced yeah. himself. And he's a super great guy. Um, he, he works in Hollywood and whatnot. And uh, uh, we knew he was an insanely talented animator. And, and I'd always wanted to work with him. And we had time <laughs> to work with him on this game. And uh, just just an absolute professional. Everything he turns in, I'm like, gosh, I don't. I don't like. I'm not giving you feedback because it all turns out so good the first time say, you do we're it. Not like, worthy. We're not yeah. worthy. Just an incredible professional. And his animations. He's he's drawn some designs for us before on like shirts, and he's done a couple animations for some company logo stuff before too. So people that you've seen Bill Rude's artwork related to us before, but this is the first time he will have animations in a game. What? So now Matt Frank and and Zornow. Was one of them on Captain? Is one of them on Backlash? One of them on Playfield? Are they just sharing each other's hands? Like, how does that work? (laughs) 
do, do we make them guess? Yeah, just right. try and figure out who did what. That would no, be you hard can't because it's it's all labeled. It's there. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, okay. but, um, well, then we'll know. He hasn't seen the labels though. <laughs> who who right. do you think did what? Okay, so all right, I'm gonna pull it up right now. We'll play a little guessing game here. So do 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 do. I'm going to say character animations were or char- character illustrations were done by one artist while everything else was done by the other. Am I onto something there? No, no, <laughs> nope. okay. Because uh, then I wouldn't know because the the characterizations on the cabinet, the back glass, and the lower third of that play field, all those characters look the same. Then our artist did a good job. <laughs> if it's legit mix, that's damn impressive. Yeah. Okay. So Matt Frank, he did the playfield, the back glass, and the topper, and okay. Jeff Zornow did all of the cabinet sides and front and the head sides. Wow. There's no way of that. That's impressive. Like that legit kind of shocks me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had a lot of strategy when we went with that too. Like, I mean, some people would just be like, "Oh, you just threw two artists on it for the the heck of it," but it seems like whenever you're doing like. When you start with a lot of artists, they start with the cabinet and they get to the back glass and then they do the play field last. And by the time they get to the play field, they've been using all blank canvases and the yeah. play field has all these parameters and complications, yeah. everything like that. And they would just get wore out. And get a little crispy. So mm-hmm. we're like, you know what? We're going to throw our best two guys in this and just give them separate pieces. That way, Matt Frank could take his time do the play field all the way through to the highest detail and the highest quality while Jeff worked on the cabinet. So oh, that's insane too, because that play field art reminds me of Zornow's, uh, cause didn't he do the art on, uh, on Alice Cooper? Yep. Yep. Yeah. He did yeah. all the artwork in Alice Cooper, all the, the screen, composition backless, everything. screams Zornow. Okay. The composition is damn near. I think it's perfect on the play field, by the way. <laughs> just uh, you know uh engineering by Dwayne faust sculpts by my buddy matt in the back alley creations company damn they're good uh we have music by all oh, y'all's favorite matt count d montgomery the absolute dream to work with composer <laughs> hell yeah he is is so underrated and crazy talented i i really hey something really cool about him in this game the theme song in the reveal mm-hmm. trailer, you hear the vocals. That is actually Matt singing. It's the very first time in any of our games you'll have heard his voice. Oh, legit. Wow. Yeah. I, I and, didn't even. Wow. Okay. And his uh, his interpretation of the cover, I think, is crazy good. Like he, I thought it was, he was just able used to, from one of the. Yeah. I thought it was just a, a license holder's uh, music. Wow. Yeah, no, his his uh, impersonation was like spot on, and he asked me what we were doing. He's like, "Do you want me to sing it?" And like, I'm I've listened to a lot of his records outside <laughs> of his work with Rob Zombie, yeah. and I was like, "I bet you could actually do way better with that than you realize." And yeah, he he went for it, and yeah, I was thrilled with the result, like absolutely he's, thrilled. I think he nailed it. We got Count D. He's like a he's like crooner now, isn't he? <laughs> like, no, he's not. uh he's he's always an absolute blast to work with just such a cool dude and and so great creative and talented oh. he just knows how to strike the emotions of nostalgia while still getting in an updated flair to it it's it's really crazy good you guys are blessed. And, and there's more songs in this game from him than any of our games previously oh that's cool to know too okay so we're not there's just a lot of get- crap in this game <laughs> Is there a lot of is there a lot of different songs? Like, do modes have different songs, or am I just yeah. gonna hear Scooby Scooby Doo? Like, no, nope, every, gonna... every single mode has a different song. Oh. 
And then some. <laughs> and then some. A whole bunch of extra stuff. I say, and then he, he even just did like a ton of little, what, what's he call them? The, I can't remember the name, but like just a little six second cues of oh, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Little stingers dun, dun. and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> little stagers. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Little sound effects and stuff in this game. Okay, now I get to the the, the gritty here. Okay, I'm gonna list out for these listeners all of the stuff that is in this game. Listener, are you ready? There's I'm gonna miss stuff. I'm gonna miss stuff. But listen to this game. This game is under ten thousand dollars for the highest model. You can get this thing for not even eight thousand dollars for the lowest model, and it includes four flippers. It's a wide body design. It has a large upper play field. It has a flipper diverter, which we got to talk about. Two apron physical ball lock slash diverters. It's, it has a subway. Five ball physical ball lock in the mystery machine van. 16 custom molded sculpts. Uh, there's spinners in this. Is there one or two? Sp- there's two spinners in this game. It's got the Captain Cutler diver bash toy with react. I'm calling reactive arms with two, what I'm phrasing, reacto magnets. Yeah, the thing is freaking beautiful. You can bash it and his arms move. And then the magnets under the upper playfield will throw around that ball this thing is so pretty guys it looks glow in the dark there's over 200 rgb leds this is officially licensed stuff full assets from the series over 4,000 speech call outs custom speech from the actual character voice over actors not four players but five players and <laughs> to put the cherry on the sunday for the first time in company history spooky pinball's very own board set operating system you guys have a new your own proprietary board set it's ours (laughs) wow okay so it's got to be humbling sitting back and hearing that list of features on one pinball machine there's a i say there might be even more it's hard to keep up with you're making us feel really good about the game right now. <laughs> I'm feeling really good about the game. You got the colored plastic protectors on the on the collector's edition, the fluorescent stuff. I love that. Well, that's just the thing with designing games like this and whatnot is you. by the time you get to the finish line and it's time to put it out, you're looking at it like, I hope anyone likes it. Like, <laughs> I forgot the drop target in the middle of the flippers. Yes, the, the ball save drop target. Uh, okay, tell me, oh, we're going through it. How does that work? Immaculately. Um, it, it, just, it, it is like it pops up to save the ball then without giving away too much of the rules there's some dog tag okay. targets on the play mm-hmm. field that when you collect them it puts up that drop target as kind of a ball save feature <sighs> so now what's Look really how- cool about it is let's say the ball is like falling down the play field and it hits that target it's going to bounce off of it over to your flipper <sighs> but if you were just like cradling the ball and you dropped it like you just let go and you just let it roll. It's going to roll right through that drop target and drain. So it provides some crazy, unique ball save gameplay oh. of bouncing it off that target and some very weird saves that would never, ever happen in any other situation. And um, when we put it in, we were like, okay, maybe this will work. This is probably really dumb. And then we were like, just stupefied by how good it worked You're and like, how fun This is it ridiculous is. how great this is when we figured it out. Yeah, just it, for no reason works so amazingly. Like we're we're oh. so shocked. Now is that is that transparent as well? Yeah, it's light up. Every drop target oh. in the game is uh is a uh, yep full color. RGB. Oh my god, I forgot about the okay. So we got to talk about the drop targets over there. There's seven drop targets in this game. If not, <laughs> there's probably more. But you <laughs> there's I've never seen this in pinball. There's a, everybody loves drop targets. Thank you for sparing us with all those damn stand up targets. You gave us a bank of drop targets. But behind it, guess what? Another bank of triple drop targets. <laughs> it's because you're like, I'm going to make you work to get to this fuck. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's like playing breakout over in the corner. It's it's what, really What was the idea and the and the thought behind that? What happened was we we had the one set of drop targets and we weren't quite sure where to move to next. Mm-hmm. I went to the bathroom to pee. And when I came back, Luke was standing there with a second set of drop targets behind it, looking at me like, "Who did? Look at that!" He was like, "The good like, idea." Are you serious? And he was like, "Yeah, look at it." He's like, "You put one between the flippers, damn it! I don't want to hear it." Yeah. I put I two like, banks well, up. What are those Scooby snacks over there? Then that you're yeah. So there's there's Scooby Snack uh, Scooby Snack box inserts in front of it, and mm-hmm. then there's Scooby Snack decals on the targets. And yeah, shooting those spawns some Scooby Snacks on the playfield for you to collect. Uh, that gets more deep into the rules as to okay. what collecting Scooby Snacks does. But and of course, it allows you to that vuck for the physical ball lock to the left on top of the apron. Yep, exactly. Whoa. The Very other cool. thing that's really cool too is like as you collect Scooby Snacks, you're gonna fill up your Scooby Doo bravery meter. Once mm. you have that all the way full, you're gonna get the Scooby Doo Mac that pops out of the barrel. Because he's, he's courageous. courageous now. You've given him all the bravery he needs so he can peep out of the barrel that he's hiding in. Which Perfect. I think is the cutest toy in the game. <laughs> which obviously the bravery meter is going to offer an overall scoring multiplier for the game. Yeah, the, the bravery meter gets pretty complex. It, it's as simple or as, as complicated as you want it to be. <laughs> hmm. All right, so I w- and what corresponds to raising that said meter includes correctly lit shots? Yes, Scooby Snacks. Scooby Snacks? Or yep. Scooby hitting snacks, what is lit. shots in the mode, overall okay. progress of the game, collecting members of the gang, uh, a multitude of things uh, put progress towards your bravery meter. And that is yet another physical mechanism. It could have been just a static toy there, guys. Three-dimensional, <laughs> it would have looked good. He's got he's to pop up, actually, to physically show you the progress. That's... So you fill it up, he pop. That's that's really yep. cool. What's going on with the shooter lane? I've got to ask because there's a lot of space to the right of that shooter lane. Is that what we're talking about with making it feel more like a standard body, but having the extra room to to do interactive lighting systems and stuff and such? Yeah, so that's on the right side is the physical bravery meter lights. So as it's building up on the right side and you see those like flasher caps there, that's the bravery meter building up to that Scooby in the barrel. Once it hits that Scooby in the barrel, he pops up because he's courageous now. And then uh, the the shooter lane itself, it it auto, or not well, I guess auto launches, launches right into a 180 ramp. Yeah, that's really cool. Down to the flipper for a really quick feed. Yeah, and you're, uh, you're the right auto, in the play. The launch button itself is also the Scooby-Doo dog tag. Oh, I like that. And I see how clever you guys are with that uh, drop target in the middle of the flippers. You said it it's, uh, corresponds to a lot of the dog tags, but look like, right what's above it. Art-wise, the dog tag. The dog yep. tag. Man, <laughs> and Zor now, you guys. Uh, what about this, this five ball? Does it physically lock balls in that mystery machine? You'll be able to actually load all five members of the gang, right? I mean, they're going to basically it's a it's that a hidden sense. UK under there. It's going to hold all five balls. So and then you'll see on the front of the mystery machine, there's actually like color RGB headlights. Mm-hmm. So you'll know. I mean, if you load Shaggy into the van and the flash green, you know what I mean? Oh, that's smart. The whole that's game really is kind cool. of based around that color scheme. Each each yeah. character has their own color and everything. <laughs> That's perfect, actually, because it, there's RGB everywhere here, so you can tell the player all types of stuff with just using color. And if people stumble upon the colors, you also have icons on each of these inserts. Uh, very smart artistic placement uh, and lighting here on this game. So physical ball lock, and then it, it kind of injects them in, out of the back, uh, down the orbit, 
orbit lane, if you will, into play whenever it's time for that multi-ball? Yeah, there's a coil under there that kind of ejects it in a circle. The whole mech is actually oh, okay. a circle. Um, it, it launches the balls around in a circle, and it actually allows us to feed the ball back to the flippers pretty quick. So, like, if you shoot underneath, you're going to hit that spinner, you're going to hit the VUK. But since that trough up there is essentially already holding balls, it's going to be mm-hmm. able to instantly eject you one back out and get you right back into gameplay. So there's a hidden trough up there. I mean, the whole thing is kind of like one big contained giant circular custom trough. Oh. We we really it's we'll it's have crazy. To post like a picture of it <laughs> out of the yeah, game or something. Yeah. It's this really huge piece of metal. Yeah, it's it's almost hard to. It's all powder coated. <laughs> yeah, it's you can hardly see parts of it, and it's it's also powder coated. <laughs> I see the beautiful greens coming out from under there. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, let's go. Let's go all the way left now because I'm getting. Oh no, let's stay down at the bottom of the playfield. You put guys put a slingshot, an extra little slingshot because you're like, yeah, I want to be an ass and really make this ball fly around to make them make them uh, be on their toes. This game, what kind of tone is this game? Is this it doesn't look like a super easy shooter, or is it uh, super friendly? What would you categorize it as? It's pretty darn friendly. There's, there's okay. a lot of ball save features in the game. I mean, the drop target in the center, the rut row outlanes, the double Those left outlane on the left side is also a uh, a save as well. But oh, I, I mean, okay. as far as the layout goes, it's as weird of a fan layout as we could possibly do. It's mm-hmm. very easy shooting, very fast. It's really not a punishing layout. Okay. All right. Does that left outline, you got to convince me of that one because the ball goes over there and it looks in just the shape of those outlines. You can't quite see over there, though, is there's actually a ball guide there so that what can happen that's kind of cool is the ball can fall right between those two rows of drop targets. Mm-hmm. And there's a ball guide back there that kind of dumps it right back into the end lane. Oh, that's kick-ass. Okay. Now, listeners of the podcast, hopefully you're following along with pictures. I see it now. Smart, very smart stuff. The farthest left shot after the drop targets is a 180. No, it's not really a 180 ramp. It kind of goes up and into a wire form coming back down. Mm -hmm. That's the shaggy kind of? Yeah, it's just a super nice. It's got a spinner on there, but it's just a super nice flow ramp. It's just satisfying to hit. It's satisfying to watch it return. I mean, it's, it's a really nice shot. It looked really, really smooth. And then we have... Uh, I'm gonna stay on the bottom of this playfield. Don't. Well, oh, I'm gonna get to that upper big old playfield there. There's a, a whole nother game up there. There's a couple horseshoes on this bottom level. I'm a fan of the quick, quick, whippy, smooth horseshoe. Which one of you guys was big on that? Uh, that would be me, actually. Yeah, now Luke was really pushing for that one. Okay, you so, like the horseshoes. If you notice, like, I guess everything down there. There, there's only a few shots in the game that don't immediately return to an to a flipper. Mm, okay. So I guess one is the VUK way over to the left that's going to go up to your apron lock. The other one is uh, on your upper play field, you're going to have one shot that goes to the apron lock. Other mm. than that, you're pretty much getting the ball straight back to the flippers on every single thing you shoot, mm, which is what really okay. keeps the speed up and doesn't make it a floaty wide body, right? Yep. Um, but yeah, both of those important. loops are interchangeable loops, but they're both opposite too. So one of them's cross flipper, one's same side flipper. Oh, probably one of the smoothest shots of the game is right up the gut there, right up the center that gets oh, you up yeah. to the upper play field, right? <laughs> this this was a personal thing for me. Actually, with you a little bit. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, after that, well, after the Halloween center ramp, there was a, it was, I don't know, what would you say, like 70, 30? Like some people were like, ah, oh, that thing's clunky, you know? Everything like that. So Who going and putting Come a center on, ramp people. in the game again, I was like, 
this thing has to be smooth. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear it. It's got to be smooth. Perfect. And I feel that this thing is certified perfect. Okay. Like that center ramp flies right up to the upper and it is nice. From How does it flippers, get it to that? Is it like an inverted ramp there? Nope. It's just a standard. It, it goes up and turns left just like any standard ramp. There's no 180 oh. stuff. There's no no flap, no nothing. That is just straight. And okay, and it feeds to the left diverter, portion of that upper play field. Yep, yep. And if you don't if you don't flip your left flipper, it goes straight down that blue hab trail and right back to the end lane, which nice means it is absolutely feed. just a beast. You can sit there and spam that center ramp for a millennium if you really wanted to. It is so fast and so smooth. But then you've also got the bookcase flipper up there to uh, catch it and throw it to that other part of the game. (laughs) I got to give you guys a lot of credit here. I'm nerding out. I'm fanboying a little bit, but how smart is that flipper? looks like a bookcase and then you flip it up. It's a manual, it's a manual diverter, but put your ball into play. So you have a lot of decisions on the fly that you need to make. Do I need to be up on the top play field right now? Or do I need to get uh, points and, and feed it back to my lower play field? very easily accessible to that upper play field. And a lot of complaints you get when people talk about upper play fields is, I don't know how to get up there. It takes forever to get. No, it's very easily accessible. There's a lot of, there's a ton of stuff to do here. I thought Alice Cooper had a lot of upper play field shots. Uh, this one, this one takes it here. Uh, so what are we doing up top here? Even uh, if we're staying up top with that flipper diverter, what are we doing? This will absolutely, this one's going to go down as our best upper play field. And that will, Oh, I love it. That was kind of a personal thing, I guess, for for Bug going into it. He's like, I'm going to make our best upper play field. And you guys have made some great really upper play odd fields. Challenges. Too. <laughs> I, I'm still pissed at him. <laughs> but he's like, all right, so like for X, Y, and Z production reason, the upper play field can only be, what was it, like 10 by 12. Like, oh, like, had to like stay the size think, of a little book. What was <laughs> left on the sheet, like the way it was getting CNC'd out, Yeah, it was originally supposed to stay like under – 12 inches by 12 inches to be able to to yield on the sheet correctly okay but he's like all right so you're working with this much space i want you to go home tonight and draw what you want to <laughs> see on there and i went home and i sat at my kitchen table for probably till one in the morning drawing up different yeah. ideas and different things and i was like okay i checked with him I'm like it has to be that parameter he's like yeah it has to be that size okay went back home kept drawing kept drawing coming up with all these different ideas i was pretty proud of a few came in we showed it, and he he looked at them. He's like, "Yeah, these are pretty good. What if we had just extended it, and made it massive?" And then you, you threw your pencil in the air. You're like, "Oh, screw you!" And I was like, "Fine." <laughs> Gotta be ten by twelve. Uh. And so now there's the one of the biggest wide body upper play fields with so many shots that are all yes. so good. <laughs> Looks smooth too. You've got the center post up there because you know what? Why not? We've got room up here. Uh, and then where am I going to the right over here? Are we got a Black Knight loop thing going? Yeah. So the Black Knight shot, it loops right back to uh, cross yeah, cross flipper. So you shoot ah. back up into there. It'll throw it back over to your bookcase flipper. Okay. And then I've got the airfield and the Gold City mine. The uh, the Gold City mine goes right down to the apron lock, actually. It goes, it's the orange hammer oh. trail goes down to the apron lock. And then the abandoned airfield goes to the, the purple habit trail. And that goes down to the flipper. 
so if you shoot that one you can in theory like you shoot that one it's going to throw it straight back down to your flipper you can in theory shoot it right back up the center and do it again (laughs) Mm. and yeah i see the thumbprint uh i see the thumbprint inserts as well so those are additional features that you're going to have to get throughout this code whether it's through modes etc there Okay. Uh, what is going on? Is this one big upper playfield? Because I see part of a playfield all the way to the right with two tracks that you're talking about with the with the Gold City Mine and Man and Airfield. Is that just continuation of that? Is there? Uh, yeah. Yep. Those okay. loops yep. go all the way around there. So when okay. you shoot that gold mine entrance, it, it loops up and around and comes out down there. So yeah, that, that whole Scooby thing is all in a cart. one playfield. Scooby's in a yeah, cart. there's a the Miner Forty Nine er chasing Scooby in the cart on the oh. wire forms. So the balls flow right underneath each of those characters as he's mm-hmm. chasing Scooby down there. And I got to say, probably the most, one of the most iconic villains in this whole series, and you guys showcase him right here and you give him all types of interaction, is Captain Cutler. Heck We've got yeah. him main shot of the upper playfield. Maybe one of the main shots, hey, I want to do that type of toy mechanism in this game. It's not just a loop. It's a bash toy. You bash him and explain what happens when you, when you bash him. So th- this is the, so many features onto one little area. He he lights up, his hands pop back and forth. You can bash his head back and forth, and there's a loop behind him that you can shoot from either direction. And oh. when you hit the targets or him, the magnets there's two magnets up there that will throw the ball around on that upper playfield. It's so crazy yes. interactive. And how, the, could, how did you squeeze two magnets under that play field? We actually had a little <laughs> bit of a fight about this. <laughs> I was going to say, those big old cores, so, I don't know how you did it. With his limited space that I gave him, he, of course, drew like 800 things into one six <laughs> Yeah, area. so that's my problem is I, I draw like this size play field onto... A four-tiered cake again. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> He's like, I need all this in here. And I'm like, dude, I'm not a magician. I can only yeah. do so much in one spot. Like, do you understand what you're asking for? But, I mean, we we got it done. You're like, have we ever seen a lower play field in an upper play field, though? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're bashing this guy. He's moving his hands around. He's got magnets throwing the balls around. I yep. didn't know he lights up. He looks he like also he's just lights up. glowing. Yeah, it looks really good. It's very haunted, glowing seaweed. It, it'll it's be just, kind of a similar material uh, to like the the Halloween jack o' lantern. You know how when that flash oh, yeah, lit yeah. up inside, mm-hmm. it's actually poured out of the same material, but just a, obviously a different color. So ah, that'll okay. give you an idea of kind of how it lights up. But there's RGB lights under them. Okay, what are the footprints? Those are actually from if you notice in his episode in the show, he'll leave the glowing footprints all over the place. Ah, so those okay. are, those are inserts there that actually do light up. Oh, they glow. All right, and then we've got a, a, a sculpt uh, of a villain hanging over. Uh, over the uh, the wall there of the haunted house, is it castle, is a house? Okay. Scooby Doo's uh, Nightmare Castle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We've got uh, then those are full size flippers up on top. Is that correct? Yeah. And something really interesting about Thank that bookcase that. flipper is uh, it, it's it's more than just like oh it diverts over. So something I did want to talk about on that that bookcase flipper actually is the action mm-hmm. that you can get from it where. The part that actually diverts the ball over, you can keep using that in gameplay to bat at the ball. Like, I've made shots off of just slinging it (laughs) into the ball. And when you cradle the ball, if when you let go, it's not going to just roll down the flipper. It's actually going to catapult it across the playfield and create just tons more action and movement up there to keep that playfield nice and interesting and and fast and fun. It's like a two-way flipper then. It it really is, yeah. You can use the, the, the backside of it also as a flipper. 
Wow, I'm it's, so glad it's that so you guys. Uh, it's, it's fun. Uh, there, there's so many things to play in this game. Uh, there's many additional sculpts in this, many colors. I, I can't thank you enough for using those fluorescent plastic protectors. It's just such a nice touch. It seems silly to a lot of people, but it just makes visually games pop and uh, and for a lower bond, it just makes sense there. Are there mag- any other magnets in the game? Yes. So on the left orbit, the both of the left orbits, so your left outer orbit and your left mm-hmm. inner orbit, uh, there's a magnet back there that will catch the ball and drop it into a hidden subway that goes over to the VUK by the Mystery Machine to kind of simulate getting captured. Secret passage? Yep. <laughs> yeah, so you can shoot that orbit and it might just catch your ball and drop it to somewhere. You're like, where'd it go? And then <laughs> you've been kidnapped. Now, a lot of people see this and one of the criticisms could be, man, it blocks so much of the play field, this upper play field. What would you say? What, what would you say to that? As you were guys were considering that and designing this game, I think I know the answer because of the way that you design the shots that are quote unquote under it. But uh, what would the, what would you say to the criticism of it's blocking so much of the playfield? Um, I would say so. Something you'll notice about the game too that's really neat is not only did we go all the way down, but uh, we built stuff on top of the apron, which is unique. But we blew that upper playfield right through the backboard so if you notice there's no backboard there yes that touches the, that goes to the back of the cabinet more room so where people are feeling like it's normally oh it's covering it or, or whatever it's pushed so far back that it, it's a pretty normal i guess amount of the play field that you can actually view yeah okay yeah without the parts that ramps are covered and stuff. Are parts that would have been covered anyway mm-hmm. by a backboard being up front and, and blocking it so we've moved the backboard pretty much out of the game so that we would have all this more space and, and we just utilized that extra space covered it with the upper play field so that we weren't really losing any real estate with it, it was, what's oh, crazy okay. is so like where captain cutler is where his head is right behind his head directly touching it is where the backboard normally is oh so we add i mean you're talking four or five inches farther back into the game than what you'd normally see we don't just need more width in this yeah. game. There's a link that we need to fill this game out. Is there anything that you didn't put in this game that, that you would have <laughs> no. liked it? Like, I don't even know if there's room for anything else. Ah, uh, there's Man. one, but we can't talk about it yet. <laughs> oh, oh I like that tease. We found out something that. at the last minute that we weren't able to integrate. Oh, God. Yeah, but, it would be cool if we could figure out how to how to do something with it. There will be more on that later when we figure a couple things out. <laughs> Damn it, you guys are good at this. Okay. We're, we're scrambling, we're trying. It. We I, I legit it. did not find out how cool it looked until the last minute, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get it in the game, but I think it's something that people will be able to add themselves. <laughs> I was going to say, it might just be something we kind of leak out there, like, just so you know, <laughs> this yeah. does this, and it's pretty damn cool. <laughs> That's what we call a happy accident. I like that there's a magnet under there. And there's a subway in this game. Is that the yeah. primary use of that subway as a magnet fed subway? Yeah. Like how's that used in the code? It'll grab it and drop it in there. So like, yeah. like it would be similar to uh, a good example would be Daphne gets kidnapped a lot. Right. And also in the Charlie, the robot episode, they literally stopped Charlie with a big magnet. <laughs> so the, yep. the hurry up to that mode may be related to a big magnet. <laughs> yep. And it's called theme integration. Very nicely done. And then the last mix that I kind of want to cover here is all the way by the player. And that is the physical ball lock on the apron. What is going on down here? Because it's beautiful. 
and it looks like a lot of work. <laughs> that's, oh man, it's gonna be. I you realize you could just throw in a plastic apron there and call it a day, but uh, oh, you, didn't, you didn't even Flintstones this thing. You were like, no, we're gonna hold the balls there. Then yeah. we're gonna eject <laughs> them at the same time, and they're gonna bounce off one another. Maybe they'll hit the center post that's between the flippers. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> what is what is this madness down here? So pretty. So something funny too you'll notice is you so in the video you saw them release both at the same time where they hit right yeah um mm-hmm. so they do that exactly if you time it they hit in the center land on both flippers if you release one at a time they actually go far enough over to the opposite side flipper that you can catch it and and, oh, and trap nice. up uh, are there um, periods in the game where you would only release one yeah absolutely yeah oh. um and then something we did obviously is you'll see a big flasher right in front of both that is going to indicate mm-hmm. with with flashes when the balls are coming out <laughs> and you can see them so it's like you can see them i know what you mean i get the hint i get the hint you're like no we're not even gonna frost that lens we're gonna make it <laughs> no, right it's like flash flash uh, flash make the huge shaker sound motor effect. rumble too damn it what else do you need Coming at you. <laughs> like, hey, idiot, the ball's about to come out. Okay. <laughs> Loud and clear on that one. I love it. We got molding down there, too. Poor back alley creations. How long did he work on this? I'm pretty sure Matt said this is the uh, most yeah. steps in a game close. he's, he's ever done. done. Mm-hmm. It's this, not this even is close. This is the record like setter. RGBs. He probably wanted to claw my eyes out by the end of it. We love each we other. Took things out. Yeah, <laughs> we took things out. There was more. We got away, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, there. You know, there's any game. It's like there's a point of too much, right? So I think this is. I think this is perfect. I really. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys reached that uh, half a bomb ago, but okay. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, what? It, can you tell us a little bit about this new board set? Why do we have a? Why do we have a new operating system? Why do you have your own? What? Because Spooky has gone through. Has gone through some. Is this where we're? planting our feet going forward what does this mean for older games can we talk about that so a lot of people are worried so a lot i knew a lot of people would be worried but like what what does it mean for older games or anything like that we still stock like we have p-rock in stock we have pinatar in stock um it's not really going to change that we have any of that stuff because we're still i mean tna still uses p-rock you know um but no having our own is something I i think a lot of people have been asking for that for a really long time like but it's also one of the biggest hurdles as a small company is getting your own board set. I mean, there's still some that don't, right? Most com- pinball companies true. probably still don't. Yeah. But this way, we can control our own quality. We can make our own revisions, everything like that. It's just we'll finally be able to add and control all the, the features at our own discretion, you know? Well, I think that's probably the ultimate goal you guys had. It's just great that you've, you're have you already yeah. ready to, to be capable of jumping into that. Uh, moving forward so that that's phenomenal as well yeah and that's that stuff takes years like this is something that we've been working on for a long time you know it's not something you just whip up overnight another thing that's really cool that is another well another reason that i didn't share the under play field picture the oh, secret yeah. under play field and this this board is actually smaller too it's cleaner oh. it's more com- compact but it's a really clean system but we're gonna have our own RGB light boards, like you see most companies do for the first mm-hmm. time, with the Ethernet cables in between them. Oh, nice! So you'll have group light boards now, and you'll see the bottom side wiring is a really clean. clean. It looks clean. It's very cleaned up compared to our oh. other titles. <laughs> well, and that'll help with ease of repairs or ease of upgrade. Yes. Anything you need like that too. 
hundred percent streamlining. All right, what's your favorite shot? What's your favorite pinball moment in this game so far? It may change, but wh- what just gets you in the plums? What 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 are you just? Oh, I love freaking hitting that shot. Or oh, damn, I love when the ball stops there and it gives me a freaking light show. Or the what's on the LCD? What is it for you thus far? Man, hitting Cutler and him the magnets throwing that ball around. I. Mm-hmm. Don't know if I could live without it being in this yeah. game. It is so fun. It's it's such a satisfying bash toy, and it reacts so perfectly. Uh, I really, really, really love that one. <laughs> yes. What about you, Luke? I've actually seen it now. We're we're playing on it, and what was it? Dylan hit. He hit one cutler hand. The magnet grabbed it, threw it into the other cutler hand target. That magnet grabbed it and turned around and threw it up the loop. Yeah, or that goes around oh, and wow. back down. It gets out of hand. It's so great. <laughs> so there's some randomization up there too with that magnet. Oh, absolutely. Like, yes. Oh, I mean, those sweet. magnets make shots for you. Pretty. I mean, yeah. they, they do crazy stuff. Because you could never plan for it, but sometimes, like hitting him, he will literally throw that ball off the playfield. Like, nah. <laughs> yes. That's cool. I'm just looking at this. I've not shot this before, listener, but the ultimate shotgasm for me, I don't think this could ever happen, but if it did, to hear the synchronicity of all the wire forms, all five balls, all <laughs> at the same time going down their own wire form. Oh, God. That's where it's at. Is that even possible? I think it might I be. Maybe, I was just trying to think in my head if it'd be possible. Like during a multi-ball? There's a handful of those we can hold the ball and like yeah. wait, I think. Oh, like in the Vux and stuff? And just... (laughs) That's freaking... I don't know. Just the sound of a wire form. But if you have like five of them, that's just... You're going to hear all kinds of skating and... Zach's going to have his whole family sitting there like, all right, everybody hold the ball. All right. Real quick, just let go on three. Uh, Most people are really sweet to their family and stuff, but I keep it real. My family sucks at pinball, so I'd be probably... (laughs) I would be better off to, to do that myself. Plus, I'm one of those play alone kind of guys. Like, get, I, no, I don't want to wait for you. I don't want to wait that. for player five. Like, that's a that's an awesome feature, but nah, no thanks. This is going to be a player one kind of game in my game room. <laughs> Can we talk really quickly about uh, the rules thus far? Where are we at on the rules? When this game starts to ship, most most games, whether it's Spooky Pinball or other manufacturers, there is there is some growing and gaining throughout uh, updates and whatnot for code. Where are we going to be at when this game starts shipping? So on this one, when the game gets into some customers' hands, you're going to have the seven monster cases all completely in and playable. You'll have oh, the nice. Captain Cutler multiball, the Scooby Snack multiball, the Mystery Machine multiball, and Bravery Meter inclusion as well. Uh, following that, we're going to be focusing on the character-specific modes, which we haven't oh, yeah. gotten the chance to talk about yet. So those modes are the modes specific to each character. So like finding Velma's glasses, making a super shaggy sandwich, coming up with the perfect plan for Fred, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So that, that, that's the tentative. So those are additional modes on top of the seven main monster modes? Yes. Yes, each character in the gang will have their own mode that you have to complete. And all of those tie together to the the different wizard modes of the game. There's Ooh. three wizard modes planned for the game. There's oh, wow. There's uh, the gang's all here, which is, of course, related to your progress amongst the gang members. The characters, yeah. Yep. There's we would have gotten away with it, which is when you've completed all your villains. And there's the Scooby-Doo, where are you, super, you're a god wizard mode. Yes. <laughs> And that's what completing both the modes in, 
or completing both of the other wizard modes? I can't say oh. 100% yet, but it's, it's going to be a lot of things to get to that one. But it's mm. going to be a very big grand wizard mode. So how many multi-balls are, like, you said three are going to be ready at the at the launch? Three at launch with the potential for there being more based on other things that get added. Okay. And then you don't have to say too much, but give me a little nugget here. When it comes to these wizard modes, how clever are we going to get? Are we just going to, and maybe tell the coders if this is the plan, that we got we to divert this. Do we have to have just, uh, collect points, here's five freaking ball, like, maybe a staging mode or maybe a, a one ball, one ball only wizard mode. Or, you know, is there, you got some things up your, up your sleeve there? I don't like when wizard modes are just a multi-ball frenzy of points grabbing. I, I think you. wizard mode should be another mode and it should be pretty damn challenging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can definitely expect that in the wizard awesome. modes. I mean, there's obviously going to be a, a level of celebration when you get them because you've earned it, but uh, mm-hmm. it's not going to just be handed out to you. Like here's points and here's, seven balls and blah 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 so expect a level of difficulty when you get to those modes okay have you uh do you anticipate people getting to these wizard modes regularly or so it's, it should be quite possible because this will be the first time i think the first time in our game's history that there's going to be difficulty settings in the code oh look at that so your odds are much higher if you play on easy difficulty as compared to Zoink's difficulty. So what changes that though? Like, is it uh, just the give me's or the spotting things, or is it like you get 10 balls instead of three or number of shots? Mostly. Okay. To, right. to complete sense. modes, but uh, I, I can't get into too much detail about how the differences are, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, it, it will have multiple difficulties and uh, it's not implemented yet. It won't be there at launch, but I would like to see, like we did in Halloween, where you can actually select the wizard mode in the menu that, to play. Because there's there's people that. out there who just they aren't going to get to it, and that's that's okay. It's really hard to get to wizard modes. That's the whole point. I still want everybody to experience it because wizard modes have some of the most defining moments in pinball. They are the modements. Yeah, they are. What about? Uh, is there any stacking in this game? I'm I'm assuming you can stack some multi ball with a mode. Are we, are we stacking any of the different types of modes? Do you anticipate that even if it's not coded yet? Or do you think you're going to have to go through this journey of, of separate individual monster modes, separate individual character modes, et cetera? Right. There is, there is stacking currently. Uh, there's going to be more, but, but currently, oh, yes, cool. you can stack your multi-balls with your modes and, and things like mm. that. Pretty standard, normal, stackable things. But there's, there's a lot of ideas we have for the game that we want to see get integrated to make stacking a bit more complicated because i mean at the end of the day like scooby-doo is it's a kid's theme it's for your family you want your family to sit down and have fun and progress through the game but if you're a hardcore pinball guy we also want this to be a deep rule set to make it very replayable and be as challenging as you can make it for yourself Mm -hmm. and ultimately you can always set it up really easy set up really hard in the menu settings and the physical features on the post and whatnot last code thing i'm going to ask you and then i'll move away from this People want to hear this. At launch of this code, will it be at or further along than your last game released at launch? Short answer. Well, the easy one is it, it's definitely further along. There's no question okay. about that. Okay. Um, but I do want to talk because I know people. I know people are going to be looking for that. We hear everything. We read everything. We know what you're looking for. We know what mm-hmm. you want. Um, and I think people can see that. They can see that we literally hired three of the best programmers you could ever even mm-hmm. ask for in the last year here for a four total now 
Um, but honestly, we sat down a year ago, like I said, when we we're getting ready to code, and we're like, what do we need to do to gain ground, get closer to a head, and make this game fun out of the gate? Because mm-hmm. that's what people want, right? Like, they want to get the game out of the gate, and they want to have fun, and they want to have a stable code. So, like, the main priority is how do we make it so every aspect of the game is doing something right away? It's fun. And people can play it without any crashes or anything like that. So I think that mm-hmm. that's a priority going in. And I think we're going to deliver on that right away. It's still going to need updates. I'm not going to, we're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes and be like, mm-hmm. oh, we have this game totally coded. No, it, it's still going to need updates. We're still going to do updates for a year, just like we always have. But we gained a lot of ground on this one. Okay. And I think, especially over the next few years too, like with us being able to have the resources to go out and hire all these literal greats, now and everything like that we're mm-hmm. going to be able to get those guys these games 18 months in advance so they have the time so we can continue to push that code timeline farther and farther ahead is it something that happens instantly no but are we going to continue to push that timeline up and get better as we go absolutely and that's something that's been one of our main priorities since the launch of halloween is how can we make sure everything we work on is further ahead by the time it gets out there? Because it's one of the major things we were lacking on as a company. And spending a whole year focusing on nothing but getting ahead and making sure that everything when it gets out there can be as completed as possible. It's unfortunate that not everybody can see it because we can see it because yeah. we're dealing with it. And I just want to share it with everyone. Like, guys, look how much better these things are getting like we see the problems like luke said we're in there reading the comments we we acknowledge all of it and we are doing everything we can every day to get better about that in the future because we don't want to have those issues and we know they are issues and it's been number one priority since halloween we're very proud of the progress that we've made and it's it's getting better it's only getting better i wish i could show everybody that it's getting better but it's literally we, we cannot show yeah. them what that is here's these games that we're working. Right. like we it. can't do that i mean and we're, we're not hiring these programmers and having them working on nothing these are programmers that we're hired that we have whitewoods in their hands they're coding mm-hmm. everybody you know, hired like, has a task yeah many like, of them <laughs> they are moving we're doing everything we can we really are if there was uh, if there was five more programmers we could hire, we'd hire five more of them. Yeah. We just, we want things to be good. We want people to be happy with our product and we want to do the right thing. I think that's music to a lot of enthusiasts ears. I think people are going to be very, very satisfied hearing you guys discuss that at length. I appreciate you guys being transparent, open and honest with everybody about that. Um, and you know where you've come from, you know where you're going. I know you guys personally. Uh, so I get to kind of, I know where you guys are going. I know the huge leaps and hurdles and progress you guys are making behind the scenes and, uh, and you can't say everything right now, but that's why uh, I own your games. That's why I'm a big fan as an enthusiast. That's why thousands upon thousands of people are and no bullshit. That's why I've been really wanting to become a representative as a dealer for spooky pinball for, for uh, especially the last couple of years here, because I know what's going on at the company. I love the direction that you guys are taking. Changes are scary sometimes, uh, but with the pa- I know you all's level of passion and commitment uh, to not only not only pinball in general, but the employees that work with you and the creators that work with you. It is a never-ending well that you guys have, uh, and the town of Benton and everything else. So truly, from the bottom of my heart, as a friend, man, it's it's insane uh, what you guys are doing. And this is only the beginning. 
Like if people only did, this is just it. This is just, this is just the, the start of building uh, what you've got going. So uh, with that, I think, I think that's about it. Is there anything I did not cover that you guys, you guys are tired of my ass by now. And I know the <laughs> listeners are tired of hearing from me. Everybody go out, play this game, watch videos on this game. When this game gets in people's hands, order your own, go to spookypinball.com. You can order direct there or through, uh, through an authorized dealer. Do that. Uh, follow them and don't forget the catalog of games that they've had in the past. I know I haven't Rick and Morty. You can pry it from my cold dead hands. Cause my ass will never <laughs> get rid of that game period <laughs> dot. Oh, I love that damn game so much. I love that game. All right, you guys, thank you again. Thank you again to all of the enthusiasts listening. And will you guys come hang out with me again uh, in the future? Maybe I can get up there and play some Scooby-Doo. What do you think? We, me and Luke have been, been ready to, yeah. yeah, me and Luke have been ready to, take you out for a night on the town in Benton for a while. <laughs> a Benton bender? We'll, we'll show down. you all the wonderful sights. We'll, you know what? We'll it's probably, it's, it's, it's a small town. It's probably not much different than the cornfields that I came from. So uh, I can get down to some taverns. You got some taverns up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll play some Scooby-Doo. We'll get some gameplay video. And I'm gonna, we'll, we'll do everything we can to get more and more videos out from, um, from Spooky Pinball. Um, I know that these two are very creative with videos, but... Oh, if I can get my hands on some of these things, you guys are going to have some <laughs> great stuff to watch. All right, you two. Love you guys. Luke, Bug, have a good one. And uh, if they need to reach out to Spooky Pinball, how can they do so? You said Morgan's got a, an email at... Squirrel at SpookyPinball.com. You can also call us. At, it's 815-541-0054. 815-541-0054. Keep bringing greatness to pinball. We, we love you guys for it. Thank you very much for having us on, sir. That'll conclude the interview with Spooky Pinball and my buddies over there, Bug and Luke. Oh, thank you guys so much for, for joining. And until the next wacky mystery episode, I'm Zach Manny with The Pinball Show and straight down the middle. I'm going to buy one of these. I'm going to get the collector's edition. I'm going to get the butter. I'm going to put butter all over that thing. Even if I do, I don't care. It still looks pretty. I'm going to get it. Did y'all see the topper? It's got a topper, too, with the RGB. Get out of here. Get out of it. I don't even need powder coat. It's already got powder coat. Five players. I only need one. <laughs>